this is Brendan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Jim Pinto for another episode of Metal Workshop. And today we have a, a somewhat unusual one. We're going to do the uh, the a top six Dean list of wow. the final tracks from Iron Maiden albums. And I, I heard you, I heard you chuckle a little bit. So do you want to weigh well, in, Jim? I think sixteen is a nice round number, so I'm already laughing about that. <laughs> and two, this is really weird. This is your idea. Yep, so it is. You it take is. full responsibility if this one fails. Well, let me explain why I thought it was at least an interesting concept. And if it falls flat, it falls flat. My my reasoning was, my like my sense of the the last track on Iron Maiden albums is that that's where they sort of put their more experimental material usually, and and so I thought it would be interesting to compare them all for that reason, just because they usually are at least a little bit outside of the box or a little different than some of the other tracks on the album that they're on. And they're often very different than other Iron Maiden songs. So, and, and, and also they, they, they do tend to put pretty strong songs on the final track, at least in a few very notable cases. So it kind of raises the bar for all of the entries. Without a doubt. I think your, your top five and my top five are all outstanding songs. Yeah. And then, and then maybe even the top eight. Yeah, and then, well, then it does get tricky because there are there are songs on uh, there are final songs that are going to be very divisive. There, there, there are some final songs that are extremely unpopular, and yeah. and and there are also just some that there. I don't, like we'll, we'll we'll get when we get there we'll get there, but there there are definitely some divisive final songs on their albums. Um, I think even if they didn't make experimental songs for the last song on the album. This is just an interesting category to do. Because for me, the last song on an album was always the one that, okay, now I gotta start the album over again. Because that song was so good. Doesn't matter who the performer was, right? Yeah. Um, you no, know, that's true. Because you, well, because and again, we're sort of in, we're in like the post-album age, but anybody that grew up on where, where albums were still a really important thing, the right. final track is just as important as the first track. They're both right. really important. You know, you, we would never do a, a top sixteen list of the number three tracks or the number, you know, the number two la- tracks, unless we were really running low on ideas. But uh, you know, an opening track and a closing track are something interesting to talk about. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, so all right. So why don't we get into it? Because we know this is going to take a while, and yes. we'll just go through the yes. list and we'll do them. Do you want to start with number sixteen, or do you want to start with number one? What do you think? So let's bad? start with number sixteen because I think they know what number one is going to be anyway. But yeah. we should at least build to yeah, it. Yeah, and, and anybody who doesn't know what number one or number two are probably going to be probably aren't that big of Iron Maiden fans anyways. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so all right. So, so why don't you give us your number sixteen, and then I'll give you mine. Uh, como estes, uh, amigos? Which is Portuguese for um, how how are you doing or something like that or um, how 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 goes it my friend? I think this song this one's not only sixteen but it's bad. And it's, it's on what which album is it on? Is it on Virtual? It's either 11? Virtual Eleven or the other one. I think it's Virtual Eleven. Okay. Yeah. And uh and I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. That's okay. I just think that and I like Blaze actually. I like the other album. Uh, and, I put Unbeliever much higher on the list, um, which I, is his other song. And I should just say, even though, like, in discussion, I was complaining about Blaze, I don't have an issue with Blaze himself. For me, it's just right. the jarring experience of going from Dickinson to Blaze at a right. point when I was still very much invested in the band with Bruce Dickinson in it. Um, right, and I don't think the band changed their sound enough to accommodate his voice, and that also didn't help. 
Yeah, uh, no, they didn't. In fact, it almost sounds like they're they're going against whatever his range is in a lot of those right. songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even Bruce said it. He says, no hard feelings, but I don't know why they chose him. He's a good singer, but he's not a replacement for me. We just don't sing the same way. But this song is just bad from beginning to end. It starts bad. It never pays off. I'm okay with a song starting slow and stupid. Like Talisman, the first three minutes of Talisman are awful. He's singing at a key. It's just slow and muddy, but then it pays off. And so I'm okay, whatever. I'll put up with this opening three minutes. But Como Stage uh, Amigos is not a good song at well, all. And here, here's what's funny about, about that song. I also put it pretty low on the list. I did have some nice things to say about it. And one of the nice things was I thought the intro was kind of, you know, because to do this list, I, I wanted to give every song a fair shake and make sure that I removed some biases. So I was listening to songs sort of against each other and trying to really weigh them and open my mind up and not just say, oh, yeah, I love this one song, so it's going to be number two on the list or something. And what I noticed with this song was that it really kind of cut through with that intro because it was different from a lot of the other entries and it was you know it was sort of nice but something about the song just felt off to me and so i can't disagree with you putting it at number 16 i think that's a very reasonable position for it to hold on this list um but i did i i wasn't i don't think i was as repulsed by it as you were i think i i i thought it was you know it's a decent song but it just wasn't it just did there was something off and it it just felt like it was missing some key ingredient and it also felt like it it could have been a lot better. Like they they didn't tighten up something about it. Like the vocals were off, or the guitar was off, or something wasn't as polished as it needed to be to get the sound that they were trying to achieve with it. Um, so yeah. so yeah. So but I agree. I agree. Um, and my number sixteen is Iron Maiden. Um, <laughs> so in fairness, I have that at fifteen. So let's just yeah. not get it both out right now. Yeah, no, that's yeah, and, and my my Como Estas Amigos is um, uh, number fifteen. So we can knock that yeah. out too. Uh, so we pretty much both agree on those songs. It's just a matter of degree, I think. And for for me, Iron Maiden yeah. is just the most. I don't know. Just to, I I I learned to like Iron Maiden the song through repetition, just because I would hear it enough over time that. I eventually, you know, I can I can nod my head to it now, but it just kind of represents that early period of Iron Maiden that I'm not as interested in as the the Dickinson period. And even though there are songs from that era that I like, this one is just one of the songs that kind of really captures the stuff I don't like about that early period. Right. Particularly right. the singer's voice, you know. So his voice is bad, the lyrics are repetitious, they're stupid. Let's let's just talk about how dumb they are for a second because Iron Maiden is known for writing smart lyrics. And especially during that whole uh, uh, 666 all the way through Power Slave era, right? Yeah. Those are that's a really intelligent era of Iron Maiden lyrics and to write a song with I don't even want to go back and look at what they were. I just remember how stupid they were. Iron Maiden's going to get you or it's coming for you or whatever that was. That's yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it it doesn't it doesn't quite rise up to the to the stuff that they were doing later. But also, I I can give it a pass on that because that's the kind of song it is. Like it's a hey, we're Iron Maiden type song. Do you know what I mean? It's like a this yeah. is the band name song, and those those usually kind of have issues in terms of lyrics. Yeah, yeah, and, they're always bad. No yeah. matter what, if your if your band is Anthrax and you have a song called Anthrax, you know it's going to be yeah. a bad song. 
I feel like rap can pull that off, but, but for some reason sure. metal can't. It just doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't work in metal. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah. So so number. Uh, so so basically, my number uh, sixteen is Iron Maiden. Yours is um, is Como Esteus. I'm mispronouncing it, but Esteus Amigos. It's Portuguese. It's oh, it's uh, how do you pronounce it? Esteus. Esteus. Okay, Esteus. And and ours are just reversed, basically for for fifteen and sixteen, and. Uh, what's do you want me to go with the number fourteen first or do go you right want, ahead? Okay, so my number fourteen is when the wild wind blows. So is mine. Oh really? <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Fantastic. Yeah, I really can't. I actually probably hate this one the most on the list. Uh huh. But at least it's technically proficient where the other two are not to me. I wife. Oh, go go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I this this song is just a lullaby, and I cannot stand it. I hate this whole album. But this is probably the most annoying on the album. You made me listen to the whole album recently. Yeah, I did because um, I because I came to the conclusion that there were good songs in the album, and it's just that the opening tracks really just turn me off by the time I get to them usually. Right. So, so if I started in the middle of the album on, I appreciated it more. Uh, but that said, this song does not belong in the upper tiers of this list at all, and. I do waffle on this song a lot. Like there are days when I'll listen to it, I'll be like, I kind of like that it's got. It's, like you said, it's kind of got like a lullaby sound, but it's about the end of the world. So it's sort of a you know, it's an interesting contrast. And some of the melodies are nice, but I don't know. It just it 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 just has issues that I think are part of being on that particular album. It's uh, it's from the Final Frontier, and I think both you and I have generally agree that that's not the strongest Iron Maiden album from their later period. It's kind of, it's one of the weaker entries. Um, I, yeah. I saw them in concert with Dream Theater and they were playing just a bunch of weird tracks. I don't know why they even did this tour. It was between projects. And Final Frontier was about to come out and they played two songs from it. And they even said these are two songs. This is a song you've never heard before. Blah, blah, blah. It's called Rodel Dorado or whatever that one's called. And I, I'm just standing there. I was already bored with the concert because it was all bad tracks that they'd been playing. Mm-hmm. And now they, and then they played that, and I just thought, what the hell is happening to this band? Yeah, there. I mean, again, there are like I do think there are some strong tracks in that album, but it's not, it's not like a matter of life and death or Brave New World or you know, definitely not like their earlier material. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this, and Matter this, of Life and Death was such a good album, right? And we've yeah. talked about this before. It's such a good album that you th- it gives you the impression, okay, they're turning a corner, and this is the kind of metal that they're going to start making. And then they do Final Frontier, and I just I just thought they're they've never phoned it in harder than they phoned this this album. Yeah, I don't. I, I we, we we could probably have a whole discussion on Final Frontier. I don't want to deviate too far from it, but there's definitely right. there's definitely a lot to say on that album. I think I think I think right. it's got it's it's got big issues. Um, so all right, so that was my number. My number fourteen, right? So, right. Uh, what's your number fourteen? It's the same one. Yeah, so, same one. Okay, all right. So, so why don't you give us your number thirteen then? So you're not going to like this one. I put down Mother Russia for thirteen. That's fine. No, so, so here's what's interesting. Interesting about Mother Russia is that one is extremely divisive, ba- just based on what I've seen people say online about it, and just you know talking with people through the years about their different albums. Mother Russia is one that doesn't sit well with a lot of people for a variety of reasons. So I'm curious, what is it about that song, aside from it just being on an album that's generally lowly regarded, that you don't like? I think um, a lot of his singing feels out of key. 
there is no real true melody to this song. It's trying to have one, but it it doesn't. It's just another verse, and it's it it doesn't. It never pays off for me. Okay. There's no part of this song where I think, okay, well, I I endured all of that, but at least it's got this cool bridge, or it, okay. at least the solo took me somewhere interesting. The entire thing is just it's mud. So. Obviously, now I I won't say where it is, but I have it, I do have it much lower on the list, and I I love this song. I think it's a good song, um, right? And I I like the melody, I like the rhythm, I like the I don't know the way that it sort of explodes and that it sounds like Russia, and that it comes from a a point in time that it's like it's writing about what's going on with Russia at that moment, and I remember that moment, and so it kind of it felt better than a lot of the other songs that tried to deal with that topic from that right. era. Do you know what I mean? But uh, but I don't know. I just I just think I just think it's I think I think number one, what I like about it, in terms of being part of the No Prayer for the Dying era, is that it feels a little bit more connected to the Seventh Son material than all the other tracks do on that album, and I feel like this is an indication of what No Prayer for the Dying could have felt like if they had tried to make more of the tracks sound that way. Um, because a lot of the other tracks are a lot more rough and not as progressive and don't use quite as much synth and stuff. And this one felt like it was doing a lot of the things that I liked about Seven Sun. But but again, I recognize it is a very controversial choice. A lot of people do not like this song. And so I'm not going to fight too hard to, you know, over, over where you're placing it on the list. Um, There's a lot of Tool songs where... Uh, Maynard can't figure out how to sing with the rhythm that they've created. Mm-hmm. So he's singing right on top of the choppiness of the 7-5 time or whatever the yeah. song is, right? And this is one of those examples of Bruce not knowing where to sing, and so he's just singing right on top of the chop, 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 Oh, chop. I get what you're saying. So, but here's the thing about that. No, that's true. But that's a, but here's the thing about that. Number one, is he do? is it because he doesn't know, or is it because he's decided that's the best thing to what, do right do you know that's what I mean? fine whatever the logic is behind why he chose to do that that is not an iron maiden song okay. and i get that it's supposed to be an experiment because yeah. it is about mother russia and it's supposed to feel like that dance that yeah you, you can you imagine down. russian people dancing when you is when that opens up it just <clears throat> has that feel um but that we're we're ranking iron maiden songs we're not ranking russian songs and so yeah but we are ranking final tracks, and part yeah. of the final track thing is they have room to experiment. So, and is that the one with Judas, my guide? Is that the album? no? That's um, Fear of the Dark. Okay, I believe, I believe Judas, my guide is Fear of the Dark. So um, I don't recall a single track on this album that I liked, and so this is just another reminder that it's a bad album when you get to this song. Well, well we're gonna have to have our discussion on. Um, like no prayer for the dying and final front and like i don't know what you would call it like sort of giving them another hearing in court sort of a thing you know what i mean um because definitely what you're saying is the main that is the consensus opinion for sure there's no question and the consensus opinion is probably pretty negative on mother russia um but i happen to like that melody and i happen to like just the way it sounds and and all that stuff but uh but fair enough let's let's uh uh what number was that that was number 13 uh, yeah. So my number thirteen is Drifter off of Killers. So uh, is mine. Okay. Well, that, that's your number twelve. But yeah. Okay. So. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's my that's, number twelve. That's re- coming up. 
So, so, but we both pretty much agree. Now, wh- why did you, since you're going to be coming up next anyways, why did you put Drifter at 12? Uh, because this is the last of the bad last tracks. After this, I start to really like the last tracks. Okay. And so okay. the struggle for me was the next 11 or whatever it was to rank. Um, to, and, and so, and I knew, and this was Diano, right? Is that his name? Diano? Yeah, yeah. That he pronounced it. This was his, uh, his second song, the second album with them. Yep. And um, I just couldn't rank him any higher, really. So the vocals really are probably the thing that kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I've yeah. never been a fan of really... Uh, I think Murders in the Room Org are okay, and of course, A Phantom of the Opera is a great song, but I don't think he's what makes any of those songs yeah. great. There's there's some good... Like, Remember Tomorrow is good. There are good songs in those albums, for yes. sure. It's just that if... Yeah. I didn't start out with uh, with him as the singer. I started out with Dickinson, and so I Same just found here. it... I, yeah, I found it really grading to go back and listen to him as a result. I'm sure if I had started on those earlier albums, I'd feel differently because I know the guitarist from Slayer speaks very fondly of those first albums. And I remember I had a teacher in high school who was a big fan of Iron Maiden when they first came out and didn't like the shift to Dickinson. And he and I used to have conversations about this. But I just can't get into his vocal style. And Drifter to me, I don't know, it just sounds it's an okay song. It just isn't it doesn't rise up to a high enough level on this list to put it any higher than where I put it and it has a lot of problems I like the guitar melody I like some of the melodic lines and I really like the breakdown in it but I don't know it's just a little bit too rough I think Um, so yeah so I don't think that's a controversial choice at all and yours your number 12 is um is drifter my number 12 is the unbeliever off the x factor okay Uh, and that's my 11 so all right I think we're we're kind of we're pretty close. Feel. Everything yeah. except for Mother Russia, everything's been pretty close. That's probably the thing that 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 dislodged the unity that we were establishing. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Unbeliever. I think that's a good song. I mean, I don't. I number twelve for me, like number twelve down on my list. I think the same for you is. Uh, or I'm sorry. What are you? Are we on twelve or on eleven? I'm getting. Uh, we're on your number 12 we're okay. on my number 11 because all right. I have an unbeliever at 11 alright so so my number 12 is where the list is these are all pretty good songs um, and unbeliever is a song I like uh, you know I'm not a big fan of Blaze Bailey but this is one of the songs from that era that I still remember from time to time it still kind of lodges in my brain and I, I think it has uh I don't know. It's a really good chorus, and it has it has almost like a B chorus that's really, really, really good. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes they'll do a chorus, and then they'll do a slightly augmented chorus, and right. that really has an enhanced feel that I like. So I, I, I think it's a good song. I, I, I'm I approve of the unbeliever. Yeah, no, I like this song too. I uh, I think that the majority of songs uh, are questionable on these two albums with blaze but something like the sign of the southern cross a uh, sign of the cross is the sign, sign of the of cross the sign of the yeah, cross. Sign of, i'm getting it confused with black sabbath the title um <laughs> sign of the cross is a fantastic song i don't even care who makes that for me it doesn't matter this is iron maiden with a different singer this is a fantastic song and it stands on its own the problem is they just didn't put that kind of love into everything they did on these two albums yeah no and, it, i agree i agree uh, i think the unbeliever if if Bruce had sang The Unbeliever, it would probably go higher on this list simply because it's just it's it's kind of hard to put Blaze higher, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, there's well, 
what's funny is whenever I listen to Blaze Bailey, I can I, I, I can taste the pizza from the D and D games I was at when I was listening to that album because the only time I listened to it was when I went to my uh, to my game group and the GM there had bought this album and I had refused to buy it and so that was my only exposure to the X Factor was when I was gaming and and I just have this I don't know I just have a lot a lot of blah emotions around the voice as a result I think but I I I, I agree with you I think if Dickinson had sung the song it it would have elevated it a little bit um, now my number eleven is only the good die young off Seventh Son of a Seventh Son and this was honestly. I felt the worst about putting this one at number 11. Do you know what I mean? I, f- I felt horrible because I really love Seventh Son of the Seventh Son, and yeah. I think it's a really good song. But it, to me, the thing about this song is it doesn't quite rise to the level of, of many of their other final tracks because they're so they're getting into such wild territory sometimes. And Only the Good Die Young, to me, just feels like it's indicative of the overall Seventh Son album. It doesn't feel like it is a huge departure from that album in any significant uh, way. I see what you're saying. So that's I why, think I, that's put why it, I put it so high. Cause I actually, I put it much higher than you did. No. And, uh, the, and but I, but that's the thing. I think it's a great song. I just, I had my reasons for putting it where I put it. Um, but I feel bad because it looks like I don't like the song. Do you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and it's a good song. So, right. but I don't know, but do you, so, you you obviously didn't put it this this low, so I did not put it at ten. No. We're yeah. on ten, right? Um, that's my eleven, but we're on your that's ten. Your 11. Yeah, we're on my ten. Yes. So so, so yeah, let's uh, compare our tens now. Unless you have something to say about only the good. Day no, yet. well, no, I I I like it. I put it much higher. That's and you said everything that I really would have said is that it does actually sound a lot like the rest of the album. Yeah. And maybe that is why I put it so high. That was the only reason I put it at eleven. Like that was yeah. the only. I was like, okay, that's that makes my the rest of my decision making process so much easier, and so I right. put it there. Um, so what's what's your ten? My ten is Journeyman. Okay, and I put that higher on the list, but I can't object yeah. to you putting it there. Um, yeah. Any thoughts, or do you want my thoughts on well, it? In general, I think Dance of the Death is uh, the dead Dance of Death. Uh, Dance of Death. Dance of yeah, Death. Yeah, Dance of Death. I think that it's a subpar album. Um, but I really like this song. It's just a matter of there's so many good songs now that we're going to yeah. start running into. I have to put it somewhere. Yeah, and I, and I actually so I, I, don't, I don't have any complaints about it. I did like Dance of Death. Um, I understand why people don't like it though, but I did like that album. This song I really like. This song, and obviously I put it higher, but and and I'll just not talk about it when we get to it, so I can talk about it now. Um, but number one, I think it's like the only real acoustic Iron Maiden song, right? Like they don't have any full acoustic from beginning to end songs that I can think of off their albums, unless I'm forgetting something really important like there are acoustic moments on albums like Seven right, Son right. and I know that there was that when they after I think when they were doing Somewhere in Time Bruce Dickinson was trying to talk them into doing an acoustic album and a lot of the acoustic material he made ended up on Seventh Son but oh. they've never done a, you know except for this a full acoustic and this makes me want them to do an acoustic album do you know what I mean because I think it would be really interesting to see how Iron Maiden sounds from you know you know over a whole album doing acoustic uh but but i think it's a good song and uh and 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 i can't i can't really object to where you put it um so my number 10 is the thin line between love and hate off brave new world 
Right, that's a great song. Yeah, that's a, and I know you put it much higher, I think, right? Yeah, you, I put uh, it at seven. Seven. I, I think this is a tremendous song. I really like the guitar lines in it, and there's this period in the song where he's kind of singing and the guitar is kind of meandering around and it's all echoey and it just really works yeah. because it's yeah. built off of all these melodies they've been playing around with in the song. And it, it's it, that album, that album was like amazing. When that came out, it, it it was I was not expecting it to come out and I was and the last yeah. thing I was expecting was for them to bring Dickinson and Adrian Smith on and then on top of that to keep Gers who they had brought on from um, right. No Prayer On so I thought it was a really cool album and, and that the, song is great I think the album is a perfect example of a best of kind of thing um, they're just doing the best versions of all these different songs from the past but with new melodies, with new, yeah. um, every, all everything's ratcheted down for this album, which is, it leads to another complaint about Dance of Death, which is how do you do something as great as Brave New World and then fall so far with Dance of Death? Well, and, that, and we'll have to save that for uh, a Dance of Death discussion, I think. But right, because because that'll that'll definitely derail the conversation. But I but I will say I think whenever you have a really solid album, it's very hard to follow up and get the sure. same vibes. Both in sure. terms of the band and in terms of the audience, because it's like you have to understand, like, we, like at least, especially for me, maybe less so for you if you were a fan of Blaze, but or at least if you were more open to the Blaze era than I was. For me, it was like Iron Maiden was gone. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there was I wasn't buying their albums during that Blaze period, and I was kind of <laughs> bitter about it. And then suddenly, I find out that Dickinson is back in the band, and I go and I buy this album, and it's like, it's like, not only is Iron Maiden back together, but they sound better than they had been for the last two Dickinson albums. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it was almost like they picked up where Seventh Son had left off, and so I, you know, it's just a great album for that reason. Um, and so, and so you, uh, what, oh, the, you already did number ten as well. That was your yeah, yeah. So what's your number nine? My number nine is the Legacy, which we I believe we oh. already talked about. Or did we already talk about that? We did not talk about that. That's interesting to me. Go no. on. Okay, well, number one, one thing I have to emphasize is that my 1 through 12 are pretty much all great songs. And so right. So that's why it's there. I think this is an amazing song. I The only reason I didn't put it higher is because I had a set of criteria that I was using for ranking. And this song is one that I don't go back to as much as the other songs on the list. At, from this point on on the list do you know what I mean so like if it's a if it's a you know if I'm gonna go back to hallowed be thy name or fear the dark more than I go to this song even though I think it's a really good song um, but it does some amazing things I think sonically it's probably their most interesting final track in terms of just how different it sounds from mm-hmm. you know what I mean like they're, they're getting like these glorious power chords and they're doing all kinds of just I don't know dramatic things that I I don't really hear on other songs that they've done. So right. so I think it's good for that. But do, do you object to me putting it this high or? or well, I, I I've just, got it at number three. I mean I mean high is in numerically, right. not. Uh, no no I know um, I knew what you meant. I, I have it at number three. I think it's one of their best songs. Period. Not not just last tracks, but just an amazing song. Um, so I don't necessarily object. It's just confusing to me because 
it it just does so many things. It's so good. I don't I don't object and, to you putting it where you put it. I think, I, yeah, think yeah. I think that makes total sense. My my sole reason for putting it here was if I ask myself, do I listen to this or do I listen to Alexander the Great more? I listen to Alexander the Great more. And yeah. so because all the other criteria, they all were sort of even. Do you know what I mean? So that's so, so this is interesting because I put Alexander the Great at nine. Okay. Uh, okay. And I put it there because it's it sounds like Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner Part Two. There's it is. Really it is Ryan with the Ancient Mariner Part Two. I, there's I, really nothing new here going on, and he's doing that thing where he's singing along perfectly with the chop of the the rhythm. Um, and there's just a lot of places where I feel like I'm I'm being lectured to rather than being sung to. It's it's. I can there. understand there's, that. Here's can... the story of Alexander the Great in so, every. We don't even bother rhyming it half the time. So, so for for two of my choices, the fact that history was my major is going to be an important factor. Sure, and, sure. And so I think with this one, um, number one, I don't, I mean, nine is still pretty high in the list, so I don't really object to, to you putting it there. I put it higher because just the fact that this song exists is amazing to me. Do you know what I mean? That, that, that they're like, let's just, you know, let's just write about Alexander the Great. And it's, it, you're right. Like the, the, there's something kind of not very impressive about how the song's written lyrically. Do you know what I mean? It feels it feels like like sometimes you can kind of tell what was inspiring Harris. Like you're like, okay, he saw this movie and clearly that inspired him to write this song, right? And I feel like this seems like he intended a lecture on Alexander the Great and decided to write about it. Do you know what I mean? It's just it, yeah, it, it, that's base. It, it, there's nothing special about it, but there's I don't know. It's it's kind of an interesting moment of edutainment. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, well, if you, if you, like, I could see it be like, like, this is something. If I were a history teacher, I would have my students listen to so they know who Alexander the Great is and they know right. some of the major beats of, you know, do you know what I mean? It would just be a good way to remember all that stuff. Um, and it, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely not as good as Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, but it has a lot of the things about Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner that I liked, so I still enjoy it. And uh, I don't know, and I kind of get a kick out of how occasionally silly the song sounds do you know what i mean there's like a it it it, it, it sound it, it's sort of like i remember me and my friends used to joke about like you know iron maiden is one of the few bands that kind of they'll try to write a song about a book do you know what i mean and yeah yeah and if you take that format and you apply it to the wrong book it would sound really ridiculous like <laughs> like a tale of two cities and we used to have we had a fictitious tale of two cities iron maiden song that we had constructed together and it just had, it it you know it was it basically took all of the sort of the standard Iron Maiden lines and you know like making a chorus out of the title A Tale of Two Cities or something you know <laughs> and and you can imagine Bruce Dickinson singing that right you can right. you can you can picture it in your head uh, Alexander the Great is an example of them maybe taking the wrong material and and using it to make a song but accidentally it produces something really interesting to me and so that's why I put yeah. it where you know it, it's not a horrible song yeah I'm not. I'm not but it, it's making mistakes that you don't see in some of these other higher yeah that's true higher songs that's definitely list. true um, no so but I that was my nine did you do your nine yeah I did legacy I did okay legacy. that's right yeah my number eight is mother Russia which we've already talked about unless you want right. to you know go at it again for where I put it or no no, no. I think I, it's if, if you're listening right now this is your opportunity to thumbs down on anything <laughs> Brendan does for the rest of time because he put Mother Russia this high and, uh, but but I've already defended my 
placement, yeah. so I won't I won't get into it again. Um, and your number eight is Empire of the Clouds. So yes, um, you know, which I again I wouldn't object to you putting it eight, but I put it higher. So we obviously yeah. probably value it. I would have put it higher. I really like this song. I think it's really good. I just think it it suffers again from the lecture mm. phenomenon of Alexander the Great. Um, and I love big long songs. So yeah. the fact that it's eighteen minutes or whatever it is, I don't. I have no complaint there. Now, can you just clarify what you mean by lecture? Because I feel like it's it's not it's not moralizing. So you're talking about lecturing in another way yeah right? I, I feel like I, I'm sitting down to a dissertation right I'm listening okay. to a professor uh, and I, I listen to history books on CD right I, I listen to the Crusader series and I absolutely love it I'll eat that stuff up but I don't listen to it with a music in the back no no it, not... it doesn't generally work in music it generally yeah, kind yeah. of found, sounds funny in music so I, I understand where you're coming from I need um, to take a little bit of a detour here and say Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is my number two and I'm I sound like a hypocrite when I make that song number two and I put Empire of the Clouds and Alexander Great at eight and nine. But Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner one, I was only 13 when that song came out. So it yeah. punched me in the face at how yeah. good it was. And two, you can tell the poem inspired them rather than they were just taking the crib notes and turning them into yeah. lyrics. Okay, okay. But see, on this song, I feel like he was taking the you know he 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 was he was inspired by the historical material to write yeah. the song it's just that that's generally a dangerous thing to do in music because it can right. come you know it, it doesn't have quite the power of like other right. topics but for me the, again i i think dickinson also studied history and one of the things i like about this song that i like better than alexander the great is i feel like it's a much better rendering of history in musical form because he's really capturing the feel of what this event was. Do you know what I mean? The the other one is just kind of like a list of yeah, Alexander the Great did these things. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This one, I feel like I'm in the airship, and sure. and when he does decide to lecture, it's done in a kind of clever way. So he, there's a line where he says, you know, you know, for all you unbelievers, the Titanic fits inside, and I think that's a really good visual image to immediately get in your head how big this thing is. Right, um, right. You know, so stuff like that I like, and and just the fact that I can imagine Dickinson like pouring over the historical material and really being interested in this topic and sounding like he's actually passionate about it. So it is a better song than yeah. Alexander the great by every stretch. Um, I think what I'm saying that it feels like a lecture is that there are parts of it where he's telling me what the crew is doing, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. He's walking me through as if yeah. I'm looking at a schematic and right. I've got the headset on. I'm walking yeah. through the museum and I'm listening to this, through the lecture series at a certain point. At certain point. No, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. I'm just saying, again, like like as a former history student, like, you know, it's the kind that those are the kind of details that would, would I could see interesting being interesting to somebody like Dickinson. It would be interesting sure. to me. Um but but also I think the, the but the more important thing about this song than the actual lyrics is this is a much different style than any other Iron Maiden song I can think of. Like it's 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 done on piano. Dickinson wrote it all around those piano pieces, and they have orchestration and all kinds of things. And right. and if it was a horrible song, it would. What is this song like? Eighteen minutes long. It's really really 18 long. Eighteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It would it would be eighteen minutes of hell. Um, but I can constantly put this song back in. It's just a really nice. It it it, it to me this is one of the top songs in terms of capturing the experimentation side of their final tracks. Um, but again, I think I think where you put it, I don't object to you know 
eight's perfectly respectable, uh, and I just put it a little bit higher up. Um, so my number seven was Alexander the Great. I don't know if we want to go over that again or not. But, yeah. Um, what's your number? Oh, and your number seven is the thin line between love and hate. Yeah, so, yeah. And just so you know, uh, I switched six and five on my list after I sent you the list yesterday. Oh, okay, okay. So, so when you're rattling off six and five, I'll do I'll do it on my side. Okay, all right. That's good. Good to know. Um, but yeah, we don't need to talk about those the number sevens anymore. Okay. All right. So number six, my number six is the journeyman, which we've already talked about. Um, right. So what's your number six? Only the good die young. Okay. And, and we and we covered that. Yeah. So. All right. So. Uh, so then we're on to number five, I would, I would yeah. say. Okay. Uh, so m- my number five is Empire of the Plows, Clouds. So that leaves your number five. To Tame a Land. Um, and right. I think this is the first time I remember. I listened to Peace of Mind to death in high school. I was 17 or something. I'd somehow gotten my hands on a cassette of it. And I didn't own it previously, even though it came out many years earlier. Uh I would just listen to the, the and then when this song came I hadn't read Dune yet so I didn't know what he was singing about and I just I would just be blown away I'd have the headset on I'd be doing my homework and I'd have this the whole cassette playing and I would get to Tame a Land and uh, I don't know it just resonates with me it yeah. is just such a good song no I, I agree I agree I put it a little bit higher but I, I, I think I, everything you said is pretty much true I had this on cassette uh, I listened to it before I had read Dune. This was actually what prompted me to read Dune, right. and the the this was also the first Iron Maiden song I learned how to play on guitar from beginning to end. And something about that rhythm that they have in it it's it's number one. Peace of Mind is one of my favorite albums, possibly my favorite out of their whole catalog. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, album I, I really argue. loved. Yeah, and this song. It was a little bit more heavy than some of their other music. I thought. I thought that that you know that da 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 that whole opening crunch is really powerful, and it had this exotic melodic guitar line over it. And he's singing about all these strange things that are, you, you know, if you, again, if you haven't read Dune and this is your only exposure to the material, it's a very the pictures that he's painting are very strange to like right. a, you know. So I th- I thought this was a great song, and I have no objection to that. Um, so I, I should give a disclaimer at this point um, about the whole To Tame a Land mess. I heard the song before I ever read the book. I saw the movie before I ever read the book. Okay? Um, so when I saw the movie, I said, oh, this sounds kind of familiar. And then I and I realized, oh, that song is about Dune. And then I read the book and I realized, oh, none of this is as great as Dune is. And yeah. Dune is my one of my favorite books of all time. Right? Um and so I love the song and I like the movie long before I ever read the book. So they all have important moments in my development as a person. Okay. And if I if I'd found them in a different order, I don't know how I would have felt about them. Oh, that's interesting. It, yeah, I can see that because you're right. Do well, Dune. Number one, I think Dune is really hard to transfer over to other mediums. Do you yeah, mean? It, yeah. it doesn't lend itself well to movies. It doesn't lend itself well to being sung about. And it, <laughs> well, no, because it's every. Right. I think everybody that reads Dune has a very different impression of what's going on in Dune. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like some of the stuff, like some of the stuff in there is described in a way that you are free to imagine it how you want to. And I don't know. It, it's it's a very 
it's very heavy on politics and, and yeah. mercantilism, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that does not you. That's kind of hard to really dr- dramatize in song, um, or or even in a movie. So yeah, I, 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 but I agree with you. I think I think we I think we agree a hundred percent, except where we literally are placing it on the list. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I honestly wish I'd put it higher because when you get to my number four. I now regret my number four. Well, right? but these, I won't have as many good things to say about four as I just had about five. You know what, though? This is the most painful section of the list to even deal with for a number of reasons. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, that it, is... It's really hard. I was have, I was struggling with this. Now, my number five is Empire of the Clouds, which we've already talked yeah. about. Uh, so what's your number five? That was my number five. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know what confused me? The, the swapping. Uh, so that le- that brings us to number four, which... Right. Oh, I think we agree on. Fear of the Dark? Yep, that's what I had yeah. as number four. Yeah. Um, I kind of... I was doing a lot of swapping, and Fear of the Dark moved from number four through eight a number of times before I finally settled on four. And I think... I, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you're going to say what you're going to say. I said, I think this is the most easy listening song they've ever made. It There's yeah. just... At no moment do you feel like you're having to do any work... It's it's all just done for you. It and I think that's what makes it so easy to listen to over and over and over again. It's almost a top forty song. No, I think this is their most um, like non metal fan friendly song that they have. Do you know what I mean it's it's the song that I see a lot of people like? Ooh, here's an Iron Maiden song on a lute, or here's an Iron Maiden song on piano, or whatever the instrument is. This song right. comes up a lot in those, and I think it's because the melody resonates with a wider audience than many of their other melodies would and it's it the topic is also pretty universal you know it's not it's yeah. it's it's not it's not you know it's not like to tame a land where only a certain type of person is going to be is going to gravitate to that sort of thing fear of the dark is something everybody can understand and it it it's a little bit dramatic and paints a picture and it's just a good song i think it's um i think it's also a great song on an album that is you know not one of their top albums, right? Like, it, 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 the, the rest of that album does not get a lot of love from fans, and that's a whole topic unto itself, but I think it's cool that this really great song is at least on that album. Um, I think if this song doesn't exist on that album, uh, nobody remembers it. I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, I think... Well, I think everybody is going to remember Wasting Love because they had a music video. And do you know what I mean? <laughs> but I do think, and, and, and I and I'm not as negative on Wasting Love as a lot of people. But like that that album, you know, they, when that album came out, like I've I've grown to like that album more over the years. But when that album came out, all I remember is feeling disappointment. That was you know it was just the most even even more than with No Prayer for the Dying. Do you know what I mean? Because it was such a deviation from where they had gone lyrically yeah. and all this. But that song really works. Um, and so now we're at my number three, which is To Tame a Land, which we've already talked about. And yeah. What's Mine your... is The Legacy. Which we already discussed The Legacy in depth. Right? Yeah, we did. So okay. our one and two are going to be the same here, by the way. Yeah. Um, and if somebody's list of Iron Maiden final songs on an album aren't these two, then they they just need to... They need to turn us off right now because yeah. I don't even know what you're doing listening to Iron Maiden. Yeah, they need to stop. They need agree. to stop breathing oxygen. If that's, <laughs> you know, you went a little further than yeah, I did. Yeah. But, um, 
Uh, yeah, and I've already told everybody what my number two is, so that gives away what number one is. So, so, so it's Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is number two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know. Do you have any? Do, do, we haven't really talked it talked about it fully, so I don't know what you want to say about Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Um, this this album came out in the summer of '84. I want to say they play. I got to talk about this at, at length here. It came out in 84. They played it on KLOS in the middle of the night before the album was released. They played three songs. They played Two Minutes of Midnight, they played Power Slave, and they played Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. And they told you what was coming up, and the I remember the DJ. I don't remember his name, but I remember him saying, the song I'm about to play is 13 minutes long, so get your tape recorder set <laughs> and ready um, because you're never going to hear this on KLOS again because there was no way they were going to be able to play 13-minute yeah. songs on a regular basis and um and KLOS was the big station for rock and metal in the 80s when I was living in Southern California and so I was up in the middle of the night you know bleary eyed it's the middle of summer and I'm just recording and I'm listening to this song absolutely effing mesmerized right I eventually wrote a paper in the ninth grade about the song about the poem because I went and read the poem eventually which to, everybody to did, look. by the way, that listened to yeah. the song. It prompted so many metal fans to become familiar with yeah. with the poem. Yeah, and I, I went on to read more by Samuel Taylor Coleridge because Kubla Khan affected the song yeah. Xanadu by Rush, which I didn't know until I found uh, Samuel, Taylor Co- cool. Samuel Taylor Coleridge. So um, And Kubla Khan the, is song... amazing. That's an amazing poem, that poem. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it is, absolutely. The funny story about that poem is he was writing it. He was in a uh, cocaine delirium he uh, he would write in the middle of the night high on cocaine and somebody came to the door after he had had this fever dream somebody came to the door and interrupted him while he was writing the poem down and when he went back to his table to finish writing it he'd forgotten what he was going to write and the poem's not finished and that's why um so anyway i i this song ha- impacted me so much there's no way i can't put it at number two i would put it at number one if number one weren't such yeah, yeah, I agree. Mark of metal. No, I a hundred percent. And 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 by the way, you can kind of tell that cocaine was involved in that poem when you read it. Yeah. There's, a, there's it's got that vibe. What um, Kubla Khan? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, the, I mean everything that you said, and I think I guess the only thing that I would add to it is just how well it dramatizes the poem. Do you know what I mean it? Yeah. It, it, it it because it freely takes from the poem, like like some of the lyrics Iron Maiden constructed as bridges between sections of the poems so that you can kind of connect all the all yeah. of the all of, all of what's going on but it just does this great job of really bringing the poem to life and i think i mean honestly is it when i was that age poetry was not my forte and having it dramatized by iron maiden really made it that much easier for me to you know deal with the material and understand what it was actually saying so you know, I, and again, it does kind of fall into the edutainment category of Alexander the Great. Um, it's just done it's so, better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's but it's kind, done so well. No, and 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 it, and it's. An, I mean, again, I I remember when I when I went to college and had to take my English Lit Survey course. This song helped me out during the test because I was yeah. pretty much covered on Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Do you know what I mean that, that was I was <laughs> yep. not going because we had to do that thing where they give you lines from a poem and you have to identify who the author is or what the poem is and all that. Um, and and they usually try to pick the line you're not going to remember and you know all all the lines were there uh, yeah. just from listening to it. So so yeah, so great. It's a great song and also it's even though I mean Hallowed Be Thy Name kind of begins 
that that period of the final track is is sort of getting into experimental or prog territory but this is their first truly experimental track i feel like with the you know just the length and right you so many other iron maiden songs have been constructed around the ideas that they began in rhyme with the ancient mariner um so it's just kind of it's got so much iron maiden dna in it this song um so yeah so number number one hallowed be thy name yeah you know uh i don't know we have to say anything it's the best metal song ever made yeah i think yeah it's it's maybe the best song ever made it's it's um it's just uh, i i think i don't know what your experience was but when i first heard it it was that same experience i had when i first heard black sabbath which was i want every song to sound like this song always and forever like it was just that it, it just connected with me that instantly um and I think it's because it it has this opening that's kind of a little bit Renaissance or medieval, and it, it, this song clarified for me that medieval connection in metal. Do you know what I mean? Like it it it, it just made clear to me this is what metal is sort of building off of is this kind of a sound. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, and it had such an influence on me as a guitar player. Because if I don't know, I mean, I don't have a guitar in front of me, but the way that th- that opening is played is he's playing two notes down the neck of the guitar. He's basically uh, plucking harmonies. And that this is where I learned that technique. And mm-hmm. and so uh, I don't know, to me, it's just an, it's an amazing guitar on the song on the guitar. And topically, it's 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 just sort of pure metal. And. I don't know. The melody is just amazing, and it—I it, don't know. What, what what do you have to say about it? I uh, my favorite metal song of all time is "Victim of Changes" by Judas Priest, which I can't complain and, about either. Um, um, and then I heard "Hallowed Be Thy Name" again somewhere in high school. I didn't get it because I—I I was a young kid when it first came out, and I couldn't afford albums, um, so I just had what I had. But when I finally heard it in high school, the the guitar playing in the second half of the song pretty much erased all metal DNA from my brain for years. I didn't want to hear anything else but the second half of this song. Yeah, I would hum that guitar solo walking to school and back. Um, that and Where Eagles Dare, right? I would, <laughs> I would hum that all the time. Um, the entire time you were talking earlier, when I was doing the the riff from rhyme of the ancient mariner in my head while you were talking because i can't not think about that when as soon as somebody says anything about uh, coleridge i'm that that riff is in my head and hallowed be the name is just it is stuck in my brain i the idea of music could go away tomorrow and i will be living at the edge of the world humming that song in my head i will never lose that song you know it's it's extremely i mean i can't i can't um, it's one of these songs where i can't imagine not having this song do you know what i mean like like a world where this song doesn't exist is unimaginable to me at this point that's Um, a really good way to describe that song that's how important it is yeah this is a significant song and i and 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 again i mean i really wish i could illustrate on guitar for people because the way that this song is made it it goes back to like a a style of playing that can only continue 
in the genre of metal and isn't going to be able to exist in other genres. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you 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 really can't pull that freely off of Renaissance lute style music in any other genre, but it somehow works here. And um, so, I want I want to add something that. I don't even think Iron Maiden breaks my top 10 in terms of favorite metal bands, mm-hmm. but so many of their songs break into the top 50 of metal songs, if that makes sense. No, that, that no, that, well, they, I mean, they have some, they have hugely significant songs in their catalog. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So, it, and you can't argue when people make qualitative lists and they put this song at the top of it, you cannot argue. No, 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 definitely. I mean, you could sit there and say, well, I really like Heaven and Hell by Black Sabbath. Yeah, but it's not Hallowed Be Thy Name. Yeah, no, that's... <laughs> the. There's only one criticism I can have of this song, and that's that the bell sometimes feels slightly out of time with the, the other instruments, uh-huh. but I believe that's because they recorded the bell first, and the bell was out of time, and they didn't have any choice. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's right. not that big of a deal. And I could be I could be wrong, but if you listen to it, the bell kind of is slightly out of step. That's the only complaint, and it's it's a purely atmospheric instrument in the song, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah. But but that's the only complaint I can I can even come up with for this song. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a perfect metal song. Well, my complaint would be that it's not uh, twenty minutes long. I think yeah. that would be my complaint. Okay. It needs to be longer yeah. so that it's always playing. And and what is it? It's like seven minutes or so. It's pretty long. Yeah, already, seven right? and a half, something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, it's a pretty it's a long, long song. song. But yeah, if 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 you do not know how to be the name, definitely go and listen to it. Like that's a it's a, uh, unforgivable not to know this song. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. That was the list. Um, I don't know. Do you do you feel that we did we uncover anything in the process of going through this list, or did you pretty much? You know, is your mind the same as when we started this? I think I typed my list in five minutes when you gave me the assignment. So yeah, yeah you were fast. I remember. I, I, I pretty much knew. I think I had to go back and listen to the, the bottom, the the worst ones again. Okay. Just to remind myself of how bad they were, but. Yeah, that was it. I I took the list very seriously, so I was like, I need to go back, and I have to, even though I know Hallowed by the Name is going to be my first one. I, I have to listen to it again. Do you know what I mean? Just because what if what if I when I'm comparing it to another song something changes? Do you know what I mean? So I started just doing these comparisons between them and it didn't really change any of my opinions. The the only things that that maybe changed somewhat was uh, some of the songs that I was inclined to to dismiss, I I moved a little bit higher up. But but for the most I, part, I want to point out that you you took about thirty six hours to make your list. Yeah, and well, it's almost identical to mine. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I'm 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 not I'm not defending my method. My method obviously <laughs> didn't didn't produce anything new, um, but I wanted a degree of rigor involved in, in making no, I, sure yeah, that. <laughs> and I respect that because you brought uh, points to the conversation that I had considered. Well, well also, but, I had some extensive notes too. Like I like I didn't even mention them but like I, on every song I have like an exp- I have like okay this is a good song this is a great song this is a bad song this is an okay song and then I had this is what I like about the song this is what I don't like about the song um, and that helped me to shift things around but I think these songs they kind of all ob- they, they exist on sort of an objective scale and so th- doing that is only going to shift things so much anyways you know what I mean 
Hallowed Be the Name is not going to move higher up on the list from number one. It's going to that's where it's going to be. So, so yeah, but but yeah, I don't know. It was an interesting idea. Um, and and like I said, if you guys didn't like this episode, it's on me. This was my idea. If you liked it, it was on me. So you know. Uh, uh, so we should tell them what my idea is for because I want to do the next one, and I think we should do it soon. The, oh, this is a great idea, by the way. This is yeah, this is the, the best idea we've ever had. I think <laughs> the best awful glam songs ever made. Um, the ones that you that, that your guilty pleasures. The ones that you could put up with. I think it's glam songs that don't suck, right? Was that the, yeah, glam the, songs that don't suck. Yeah, I I think that's a wonderful idea. We'll, we'll get into that next episode, but yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with that one, and that's a much better idea than the one that I came up. With. Well, this one's just weird. <laughs> it's and very I weird doing it, but it, nobody it, thought it, it was one of those songs oh, where I was. What I'd like to hear is a ranking of the last <laughs> songs on every Maiden album. I, I wonder what <laughs> they're going to do that. <laughs> I was listening to like Empire of the Clouds in the car, and I was like, you know. If I ranked all of their final songs, what would the what would the ranking be? That was just where the idea came from. Um, I love it. So, so yeah, so we'll let everybody go, and and next time you hear from us, we'll be talking about the glam songs that don't suck, and and yeah, so we will talk to you later.